I uh, super appreciate everybody moving in. Feels so much better, doesn't it? So we're, I know that there are some in the back uh, because the seats in the back are uh, more comfortable. Uh, some of our brothers and sisters have back problems or some uh, needs that uh, they need to be in the back. But I appreciate everybody moving on up. About three weeks ago, before we broke up, we didn't get a chance to really congratulate the singles ministry. They had an event that was sponsored really by the West Side Singles started uh, with us. And uh, it's very organic. It started off. And the last, uh, the last time they met together, they had 800 singles from all around the country come in their Catalyst retreat. Let's give our singles a round of applause. Appreciate you guys uh, taking care of each other and uh, really uh, pulling the singles in. So I heard that was a great, great uh, conference. Happy Mother's Day. There are some great mothers in history. You guys know who this is? Leave it to Beaver. This is my time watching when I was growing up. And I always thought she was such a nice mom. And uh, here's another mom, Felicia Rashad from, uh, what is this from? The Cosby Show? Okay. That was great. And uh, that was a long time ago. But my new hero, my new hero is this woman, man. I love this woman. I mean, she got up there, and I appreciate the kid, too. Look at him. He said, uh, he said, he admits that he was a little bit embarrassed. You think? You think he was a little bit embarrassed? I appreciate him. He went out there, protests, and his mom got out there and just beat him around, brought him home. So, my new hero. And here's a Mother's Day card in her honor. It says, Happy Mother's Day. Wonderful mom, patient mom, caring, loving and if need be, a Baltimore mom. <laughs> I love this woman, man. And here's another mother. So this is from the New Yorker. Uh, people are sending in um, their uh, tribute to their mothers. And uh, this one was from a lady, I think, in New York. And she wrote that uh, uh, Grandma Beatrice, I guess it was her mom's mom, uh, loves doing baking, cooking, reading, writing, singing, and playing dress-up, and um, I guess carrying a gun, too, is in there as well, so that's, that's something that we, that's, well, is that a Tommy, that's a Tommy gun, by the way, and then, uh, you know, I was having a hard time trying to figure out a title sermon for my lesson today, and I want to give you guys a hint, like if you guys are going to write a lesson, and you need a sermon title, uh, check out country music songs, titles. They are great. They're a great resource for titles. And this one is, uh, Mama, Don't Forget to Pray for Me. Number nine, Mama Knows. Hot Mama. This one was uh, written by Trace Atkins, and uh, apparently his mom doesn't like it, but his wife likes this title a lot. Hot Mama. One of the all-time favorites is, uh, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be... Cowboys, okay? And uh, the last one is we're going to base our uh, lesson off is uh, from Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard, and the title of our lesson today is Mama Tried. And he wrote this song uh, when he was in jail as actual true story. He was in jail when he was 21, and the story goes in the lyrics, it says that, you know, now I'm going to be in, in jail for the rest of my life with no parole, and, uh, but Mama tried. She, she tried to do her best.
And it's an actual true story. He was in jail at 21, and uh, he wrote this. The reason I picked that title is that, just like what Mark shared about earlier, you know, Mother's Days and Father's Days are, are really special days. But it does conjure up different feelings about our mom, our feelings towards our dad, our moms today. And they're both great, and they're both at times feeling hurt, perhaps for some of us, or a void, uh, because our parents are not perfect, but they try. You know, in the Old Testament, I got good news for you guys. You know, teen ministry, uh, I'm not telling the kids this. Uh, Definitely I'm not telling Gabby this. But uh, we are not, as adults, called to, we don't have to obey our parents. Isn't that good news? We don't. Because God calls us to make our own decisions, get what we need, and we, are, uh, we, we need to make our own decisions. But as a young kid, the Bible does teach us to obey your parents, for this is right. However, you know, as we grow older, I know Nicole and Elizabeth, they're beginning to realize that, you know, Dad is not perfect. Dad's got some issues in his life. Nicole and I were having a discussion the other day. And uh, we were talking about things, and it got a little bit heated. Okay, Nicole's like, just like me. It's like, it's, she's, she's like me. So it got a little heated, and Gabby ran on down. She's three years old. Ran on down, and she took my side. And she turned to Nicole, and she said, Nicole, don't argue with Dad. He's a genius. I mean, she stopped Nicole on, you know, in her tracks. And Nicole was like, who are you? You know? But that's, I mean, I, mean, it was, it, I wish I took a picture because it was the most sincere, from the heart you'll ever get. Dad's a genius. And uh, I, I really cherish that moment because I know that that's going to end really soon. Like, really soon. Um, But the Bible does teach us to honor your father and mother. We don't have to obey them because I know that I'm going to get a little cranky and weird and all that stuff. I try my best. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land uh, the Lord your God is giving you. We are called to honor them no matter what happened. No matter what has transpired, good and bad, God expects us to honor our father and mother. This is part of the commandments, the great commandments. And this is such a great scripture because it is so freeing. Because so many of us are a product of our mom and dads and the things that they've taught us, both good and bad. We are in so many ways, I love that song, you know, I think it's by Mike and the Mechanics. You know, we are really just enslaved, you know, not in a bad way, but really by the way that they treated us as we grew grew up. And yet, despite all that, the good and the bad, God expects us to honor our father and our mother because they try. They try their best. You know, I love my mom. My mom helped me through a lot. You know, we were born through the war years, and my mom, eight kids, you know, very hectic, and she did her best. 
And yet, this is something that has always hurt me over the years, is that both my brother and I were pretty decent athletes in high school. That I was a team captain of my baseball team. My brother was a team captain of his football team. And my parents didn't come to one game. I mean, we played four years, and they did not come to one game. They just didn't know. That wasn't in their DNA or their culture. So there's a part of me that feels kind of sad about that. But Mama tried. You know, I know with Lena's mom, same thing. I mean, there's been times that's been very tumultuous in our relationship. When we went overseas to serve, that did not fit. And Lena's mom's incredible. Came over from China. Her dad really did incredibly well. A true immigrant story. A success story. Great story. And yet, because of our faith, uh, Lena's mom doesn't even talk to us to this day. And that's painful. That's hurtful. So we look at the great things that they've done, and yet we see that there are people just like us. And I appreciate what Mark shared about earlier, that in the church, however, we are a family, and the Bible says that we have a hundred mothers, a hundred fathers, and God wants us to have these attributes to be there for one another. So today we're going to talk about that. Mama tried out of my lesson. The Bible says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, uh, he created them. Both male and female, he created them. That in the image of God, there is a male character and a female character, and I praise God for that, that difference. And, uh, you know, when Adam saw Eve, he was pretty fired up. (laughs) Two thumbs way up, Adam. He expresses his approval to God creating woman. He was not using that rib anyways. And then in Genesis 1, God created them both men and women, the value of creation itself. If you look through the book of Genesis, it's pretty amazing that he uses the third person and he did this, he created this, he did that. But with men and women, what did he say? He says, let us make them in our image. There's a special place for you and I in God's eyes, obviously. And in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That was the command that God gave them as a husband and a wife. And since today's Mother's Day, I want to honor our mothers here today because I know that in this process, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. I know with our three girls, I think Lena did most of the work. So in fulfilling this scripture, hats off to all the moms. The Jewish, some very orthodox Jewish sects, they have a prayer that they pray every morning. They get up and they're a little bit embarrassed by it because it is a little bit sexist. They pray that, I thank God that I'm not a thief. I thank God that I'm not a pagan. And I thank God that I am not a woman. And I say, what's wrong with that? I'm just kidding. I'm glad I'm not a woman. I'm glad of who I am. Uh, It's hard to be a woman. I've seen Lena labor in the hospital, giving birth. In Genesis 1 also, it says, God bless them, it says, be fruitful, multiply. In 1 Thessalonians, we're going to go way later on here, where Paul was just describing what the church is, and he said this, and this is pretty amazing in the New Testament church. He says, we were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have been, we could have asserted our authority, 
Paul's speaking to the church. He says, listen, we could have came in and be like a dad and just push people around and you know, order things around. But what did he say? He says, no, we didn't do that. He says, but we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her children. You see, we were created men and women, but both of these have the characteristics of God. Both of them. And Paul says here, in the church, there needs to be this element amongst us, that we are gentle among each other. You know, Gabby gravitates naturally towards mom. And I I just think it's so cute, because every time she sees mom, she's like, she's the greatest thing. Now she's learning her numbers. This morning I asked her how much she loves mom. You love mom? She goes, yes. She goes, how much do you love mom? She goes, six. And I said, how much do you love dad? Five. It's just a little. It's a little. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's all right. I have many years to change that. No, I'm just kidding. Here Paul talks about in Corinthians, he says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And we're going to spend a few minutes to take a look at each one of these that God wants us to have with one another. Amen? You know, number one is protection. Moms protect. That's, that's, that's just an instinct that mom has. We're going to take a look at a few scriptures here, both Old and New Testament, uh, to look at some of these aspects of mothers in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 3, and verse 23 and 25, as Solomon was taking over his kingdom, he was presiding over this pretty difficult case. Two women... Two prostitutes had kids. One of them died in the middle of the night. Apparently it was rolled over. She rolled over and killed her child. In the middle of that night, she took the child of the other woman and, and put it to herself. So when they woke up in the morning, she claimed that baby as her own. This case went up before Solomon. As he was judging, he said this. He says, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king says, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He gave them an order. Cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither do I or you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. You see, there are times when things are rough and things are tough, but there are also times when things are revealed as well. You know, I want us to think about our parents and our moms and the times that they put up. I don't know about you, but when I saw that video, a little tear kind of just kind of crept up as well. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, why, why am I welling up? It's, it's the memories of the great things that they've done, the way that they tried to really protect us through the years. It's funny what Kenny just says. Kenny said, I don't even remember what I said. I don't even remember what I did. It was instinct that I went up and, you know, try to protect my mom and, and all that stuff. But it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same instinct that mom has for us. As Ifoma was sharing that, What's going to happen to my kids? It's not just about her tumor, 
but what's going to happen to them when I'm gone? You see, these are instincts that are from God that God gives us. These are instincts that needs to be built up amongst our families, but amongst the church as well as we look to protect one another. You know, she said, don't kill the baby. Give, I'd rather you give the baby to that woman than for the baby to be destroyed. Love always protects. You know, we see that in little ways too, even in our group as we're building our church together on the west side. You know, how do we protect? We protect each other. You know, we don't talk about each other when we get out of this. We don't talk, we talk directly to one another. We don't take little jabs. We don't have thoughts. I remember as a young Christian, you know, it was just so, wow, I can't believe I have that thought towards that person. And, man, that was really not a good, I, I don't trust that person. That's not really a good feeling. And I remember as a young, young Christian, not just doing things, but just confessing things from the heart and from the mind. And I think that's where it needs to start. Amen? We need to protect each other. And we need to give each other the benefit of the doubt. If there's something that comes up, we need to go to that person and really says, I don't know what happened. Can I ask you about this? Instead of really having these different assumptions about one another. See, this is what God wants us to all have. The instinct of, of his instinct and the instinct of a mother as well. This is Angelina Jolie. This is um, from a movie. Does anyone know what movie this is from? It's not a good movie. It's from the movie Alexander. And uh, this woman uh, was Alexander's mom, and she was so protective of her son. She had such great vision for her son that, uh, according to a historian, she actually colluded with other people to kill the father to protect her son. Number two, trust. Here's a mother who really trusts, and that's the mother of Jesus himself. In John chapter 2, when Jesus was starting his ministry, there was a moment in, in, in his ministry that he was really nervous, and he was really scared, and that was at the beginning of his ministry. He was at a wedding, and um, they ran out of wine. And Mary already knew who Jesus was, instigated him, to do something about it. And if you go back to the scriptures, it's a pretty amazing scripture because this is him stepping out. This is him becoming a man. This is him taking hold of his ministry. And he was really nervous. Why? Because once he takes that step, there's no turning back. So you see the conversation between him and his mother. The Bible says on the third day of the wedding took place in Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, he said, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not come. This is a term of endearment. As we see in other scriptures, he says, says, you know, what do you want me to do? He knew that if he was going to change the water into wine, there was no stepping back once he revealed himself as as Jesus, as God. His mother said to his servant, do whatever he tells you. You know, there's something about a mom and her relationship with her son and her daughter. 
There's a trust that is built up. I know that Ante's mom, uh, she's been, she came to Women's Day, and uh, she also came to the mixer, right? And, uh, you know, they were talking about, you know, she wants to find out more about the Bible, wants to find out a little bit more about what it takes to, and what it means to be a disciple. And Alina came back and told me, she said that, uh, I just want to study with my son. There's something about trusting a bond that's there. You see, all these things we're talking about is not just our physical family, but as a church, as we're building this church, God says, I want you to have that amongst yourselves. There's a trust that's being built up. Number three, hopes. You know, mom always hopes. No matter what happens, I think outside of maybe my wife, my mom probably is the least objective when it comes to me. Now, and my wife is getting less and less and less and less as we've been married longer and longer and longer. But I don't see my mom as much. But my mom, I, I'm not kidding. Every time I come home and I see my mom, I mean, it's just like I'm the greatest thing or, or whatever for the first day. The second day, I'm sleeping in not so much. But there's a hope that's involved in that love as well. We see uh, the mother of these two disciples. In Matthew chapter 20, then the mother of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, ask a favor of him. What is it that you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these sons of mine may sit at your right and the other one on your left in your kingdom. I would have loved to meet this woman. She heard about this movement and she figured out who Jesus was. Maybe they talked together and she ran up to Jesus and says, I know your kingdom's going to be awesome. I want one to the right, I want to the left. How amazingly bold is that? She didn't care, just like that Baltimore woman. She didn't care what she looked like. She didn't care how they came across. She didn't care that it was going to be shown throughout millions and millions of people. She didn't care that she was going to embarrass her son. She just ran right up and says, I want great things for my kids. Hope. He says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. We can. We made it. Jesus gave us the answer. We're in. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking for, and you will. Last point. Perseveres. Here's a mom in the Old Testament by the name of Naomi. Things were really tough at that time. You see, all these scriptures, there's some good stuff, and there's some really tough stuff, too. Because I know that during Mother's Day and Father's Day and those days, you know, we, we, there's some ambivalence in our hearts. There are things that we go through that, uh, that, that comes up. There was a famine in the land. The Bible says that Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there for about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband, and she had two daughter-in-laws. Things were tough. It was a very vulnerable time for these women. They lost their husband. They lost their source of income. They lost their companionship, and they lost their protection. They were all together, just the three of them. 
One of them left. But Ruth says, listen, I'm going to stick around with you no matter what happened. We're going to go through this together. You see, relationships are forged not only during the good times, but during the bad times. They're forged. Those are when memories and bonds are built. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons? Who could become your your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. You know, as we close on out, we're going to take a look at this loop and we're going to close this loop through the scripture. The woman said to Naomi, says, praise be to the Lord. This is all the stuff that has happened. They persevered and uh, Ruth got married to Boaz and great news happened. And the women around said this to, uh, to Naomi, says, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is uh, better, who is better to, to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman looked, uh, living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and the father of David, the grandfather of David. So we look at these characteristics that God wants us to have and we learn that are embodied in men and women, but as, especially the moms, the Bible said this as we close. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? I have no compassion on the child that she has born. Though she may forget, God says, I will not forget you. You see, our moms try their best. And God even lifts them up and says, listen, can a mother forget her baby? And the answer is no, on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's yes. Why? Because they're still human. They're still flawed. Just like you and me. And God used it to say, even though the love of a mom, so deep, so rich, so powerful that she can still fall, but not me. You see, we were created in the image of God, both men and women. And all those great attributes that God gives, it comes from God. You know, as we celebrate Mother's Day today, I really hope that we honor our mom and dad, moms, today. But at the end, I I hope that we honor God as well. That although our moms, they do their best, they try, at the end, God will not forget us. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you as we close and look forward to a day together where we honor our mothers' calls and lunches and dinners. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, we really do our best, God, that we learn to give from you. That ultimately, Father, we get all these things and know that they come from you. God, we're so grateful to you that we have our lives, uh, God, we have our mothers uh, living and the memory of our our moms. But for some of us, help us to really honor them in our hearts. Amen. Let's all stand up as we close. Have a great day, everybody.